0: Well, welcome everybody to Downtown Harbor Church. If it's your first time here, my name is John. I am the lead pastor. Appreciate you guys coming on out. Today, we are wrapping up this series that we're calling Surviving South Florida. And if you haven't been with us, what we've been doing is just taking a look at these topics or, or issues that affect us particularly strongly down here in South Florida, in, in Fort Lauderdale, in the Tri-County area. And we're trying to find out, okay, what does God have to say about these issues? and then we're learning how to apply his truth to our lives so that we not only survive, we actually thrive. Now, before we kind of get into today, let me just say this. Today's the kind of message that you're gonna be tempted to hear, and you're gonna go, oh, I know somebody that needs to hear this, right? It's like, I'm gonna send this to my brother-in-law, I gotta send it to my kids, and maybe they need to hear it. I'm just saying, at some level, all of us struggle with this issue. So don't take yourself off the hook. Just do yourself a favor, And just try to say, okay, how does this affect me? Because what I want to talk about today is a behavior or a mindset that is widespread in this town. All right, It is so prevalent that, honestly, it's considered almost normal. Just sort of like, oh, it is how it is. It's how we kind of do things. But the truth is, if you fall into this trap, and it is a trap, it can and will suck the joy out of your life. Now, this issue we're going to talk about is a very complex one. It's a multifaceted problem. It's got a lot of moving parts. There are many factors that kind of feed into this bigger issue. Like, for instance, one of the biggest components of this problem is envy. But it's not just envy. Part of the problem is jealousy. But it's not just jealousy. Okay? Part of the problem is materialism, but it's way bigger than just materialism. Part of the problem is discontentment. But again, it's bigger, the discontentment. Lastly, I would argue, part of the problem is low self-esteem. Now, if you took this list, and you brought it to a psychologist, and you go, okay, based on this list, what do you think this person is struggling with? Well, they would pull out their DSM, that's their manual for diagnosing kind of mental health issues, and they would say, well, you know, based on the symptoms this person is presenting, based on the behaviors this individual is exhibiting, in my opinion, I would say that this person has fallen victim to Fort Lauderdale's biggest problem. They're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Okay? This is our final issue. Okay, This issue, in my humble opinion, is the issue that has South Florida in a stranglehold. This is the issue that is making people unhappy. Okay? This is the issue that is putting people into debt. This is the issue that is straining relationships and, and friendships and marriages. Now, there's a good chance you've heard this term before. You might not know exactly what it means. It's it's actually a very old term. It goes all the way back to the 1800s. Textbook definition of keeping up with the Joneses is this. The habit of trying to compete with your peers' social status, wealth, and possessions. Basically, everything you hate about social media. Now, I have friends who have moved to Fort Lauderdale from other parts of the country. And now, because of this problem, okay, because people are constantly competing and comparing everything from their cars to their vacations to their kids' birthday parties. Okay? They're now considering leaving the state to escape this problem. The problem is, for as much as this is a Fort Lauderdale issue, it's a people issue. I was reading a research paper on this particular topic. One doctor said that we have an evolutionary tendency to compare ourselves to other people. That there is this thing, he said, almost as though it's hardwired into us to see how we compare and how we stack up to other people. In other words, when we look at our own lives, all right, we look at our families, we look at our careers, et cetera, et cetera, we're not asking the question, how am I doing? This would be a, a fine question to ask, a healthy question even, and it is totally fine and normal to set up goals for your life and your family if you want to kind of put some metrics in place to measure, to see you know, how you're doing, a problem, right? But we're not asking this question. No, according to psychologists, what many of us are asking is, how am I doing compared to everyone else? That is, how you rate your life, okay? Your success, and your marriage, and your kids, and your vacations, and your handbags, and your homes, and your whatever, is entirely based On how other people are doing, and what other people have. It is human nature, these scientists would say, for us to want to look to our left and look to our right to see how we stack up, to see how we measure up. And when we get sucked into that comparison trap, it doesn't just cause us to be unhappy with what we have, and it doesn't just cause us to want more than what we have, it actually causes us to want more than someone else. In this same study, they were talking about how much money does one need to make them happier, all this kind of stuff. What they found in this study is that more money doesn't actually make you happier. But, wait, having more money than someone else does. I was telling my buddy that. He goes, yeah, that pretty much sounds correct. Having more money than somebody else does. The way I heard a famous pastor once say it is that we end up wanting more er, as he called it attached to our adjectives. In other words, we want to be richer, happier, skinnier than someone else. Whatever it is, I want more er than you, okay? Because if I have more er than you, well, then I can feel better about me. We want to leave a business meeting and go, well, that guy was smart, but uh, I'm smarter. She's pretty, oh yeah, very pretty, but uh, I'm prettier. He's strong, but I'm stronger. Yeah, their clothes are nice, but my clothes are designer. Okay, so work with me here. When we (laughs) try and, okay. When we compare, according to these scientists, it makes us want, not just more, more than someone else. Now, Sometimes it is the case that we really do have more er than someone else. And when we start to look around, we begin to think, well, that person, well, that person's heavier. That family's a little poorer. Their kids' birthday parties, they're a little small-er, and if you're not careful, you start to feel superior But maybe that was your intention. Maybe that was your goal. Because some of us having more er, not enough. I mean, don't get me wrong, er's good. You want er, er's a start. But er's not good enough for everybody. Some people need est, right? We want to be the rich est, and the happy est, and the, and the pretty est, and we want our pictures to be the liked asked, and, and, and well, we love this, because this means you've arrived, because when you got asked, now other people are comparing themselves to you. Right? Now we are the Joneses. Right? We are the standard of measurement, and they see what I'm doing on social media, and they see my perfect house and my perfect car and my perfect vacations, and, and my kid's perfect birthday party, and they see my perfectly curated Christmas card, and people say, wow, wow. At least that's what you're telling yourself, they're saying. And we love it. And we eat it up, right? With fava beans and a nice Chianti. See, <laughs> those of us who are chasing after the Est, we lie to ourselves. We say things like, wow. Well, I mean, I'm just trying to reach my full potential. Mm -hmm. And maybe you are, okay? And there's a place for that. We're going to talk about that. More times than not, when you begin to peel back the layers, so to speak, on this reaching your full potential, what you're going to find is that the reason you're so consumed with being the best, the reason you're so consumed with letting everyone know what you're doing and how well you're doing it is because you're just measuring yourself by what others think. You're looking to your left, you're looking to your right, and you're asking, "Am I okay? Am I okay?" Like, like then, then there's another group still. Don't count yourself out yet. There's another group still. When you see this competition, right? It's going on. Uh, you know, people are trying to one up themselves. All this kind of stuff. It's happening in your work. It's happening at your kid's school. It's happening in your neighborhood. It's happening all over social media. And when you look at what everyone else is doing. When you look to your left and you look to your right, you find yourself saying, well, I will never be as fill in the blank as they are. I'll never be as rich as they are. I'll never be as cool as they are. I'll never be as smart as they are. I'll never have as nice a house as they do. I'll I'll never have as nice a car as they do. I'll never be able to send my kids to the kind of schools that, 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 that they can send their kids to. It causes you to hate you. So no matter where you are in this spectrum, from wanting more er, to wanting to be the s to to saying I will never, all of us have fallen to what's called the comparison trap. We're trying to keep up with the Joneses, but there's no finish line. There's no end in sight. There's never any sense of satisfaction. For a lot of pastors make the statement that comparison is a sin, okay? And I mean, at some levels, I think it is. I think if you're pridefully comparing yourselves, that's a sin, absolutely. When it leads to envy and, and jealousy, yeah, those are, those are sins that you got to deal with. But at a more practical level, I would say the comparison is just plain dangerous. It's, it is dangerous for your mental health, and you know this. It's dangerous to your wallet. Some of you know that. How many of you have racked up debt because you got sucked into that trap? You leased something you shouldn't have leased. You went on that vacation, you had no business going on. You bought that purse, you bought that watch, you bought that big screen TV or or, or that bow. And the only reason you bought these things is because you saw someone else had it and you just had to have it too. Now to get some insight on this comparison issue, I want to take a look at what a guy named Solomon had to say. Now, if you don't know this, according to scripture, Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived and the richest man who ever lived. And so if he's got anything to say about this topic, he's the one we should be listening to. So in Ecclesiastes 4.4, he says this. I have also learned why people work so hard to succeed. Now, this should be interesting. Wisest man who ever lived, said he's been observing humanity, watching what we're doing. He's figured out what's driving us. So the man who's done more than you'll ever do, who's got more money than you'll ever have, nicer clothes than you'll ever have, according to Jesus, he even references his clothes. He goes, do you want to know why people work so hard to be so successful. He says, it is because they envy the things their neighbors have. The thing that drives people, he's saying, is competition. They're looking to their left, they're looking to their right, and they're trying to figure out what is everybody else doing? Where are they shopping? What are they driving? Where are they vacationing? How much money are they making? Where where, where are they sending their kids to school? And that was 3,000 years ago, folks. Nothing has changed. Solomon's saying say, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, but it is useless. It is like chasing after the wind. You can't catch the wind. That's his way of saying, you're wasting your time. There's no win. There's no finish line. There's no end in sight. So now you hear this, and if you're like me, you're kind of like, okay, well, hmm. are you saying we shouldn't work? Are you saying we, we're like, we, we should kind of just kind of fold their hands, sit back, and do nothing? He would say, no, no, no. Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. I'm a wealthy guy. I got a lot of property, he would say. I got a lot of wives. I got a great education. I built the temple. I would never tell you, ever, that you shouldn't work hard. I would never tell you to ignore the gifts that God has given you. You should work as hard as possible. Paul would say, work is unto the Lord. But what I'm telling you is, be very careful, about what's driving you. Then he gives us some wise advice, and I'll be honest with you, after 3,000 years, this advice has lost a little bit in translation, but I'll work us through it. He says this. One handful, okay? One handful of peace and quiet is better than two handfuls of hard work and trying to catch the wind. What does that mean? What he's saying is it's better to live a life where you are content with what you have. To have peace and quiet because you're content than to live a life where you're constantly fighting for more and more and more. In other words, if you live a life where it's not about what you have, it's about what they have and how can you get what they have and how can you get more than they have, then you will never have peace and quiet and contentment. You'll always be chasing after the wind. Then he says this. Now, I don't know if this is a parable, but let me show you what he says said, again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man. Now, does he know this man? Again, is it a parable? Is this a category of people? There was a man all alone, and he had neither son nor brother. Now, that's an ancient phrase, and I looked it up. That means that, that this man has no one to leave his estate to. Okay, 3,000 years ago, when Solomon wrote this, women could not inherit property. Sorry, ladies. The so wives and daughters, they, they couldn't inherit anything. Okay, so Solomon is saying, when this guy dies, that's it. It's over. His money, his possessions, his land, his home, his boats, his cars, his watches. He can't pass any of that on. And yet, he always worked hard, but was never satisfied with what he had. Many of you know people like this, don't you? Maybe you're married to this person. Maybe you are this person. And it's just work and work and work and work and work and, and, and more is never enough. There's always another goal. There's, al- there's always another promotion. I got to grind. I got to build. I got to be bigger. I got to grow. And yet there's never any sense of satisfaction. So one day this guy stops and asks himself a very simple but life-changing question. He says, for whom am I working so hard? Why don't I let myself enjoy life? Like, wh- like what am I doing with my life, he says. How did I get to this place where I am consumed with getting more and more and more and more? I am consumed with looking to the left and looking to the right, and yet I am never content with what I have. I'm never able to enjoy my life. Solomon would say, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I've been saying. It is human nature to compete and to compare unless you choose otherwise. So he concludes, He says, it is also meaningless and depressing. Solomon would say, if you get sucked into this comparison trap, if you live your life trying to keep up with the Joneses, if you measure your life by seeing what everyone else has, by what everyone else is doing, and making sure that they see what you have and what you're doing, your life will quickly become meaningless and depressing. And you probably know that. And the saddest part is that you will never be able to enjoy your life. And I don't just mean life in general. I actually mean your life, the one that you actually worked for and the one that God has actually blessed you with. You will never be able to enjoy your life when you're too busy chasing after others. Ultimately, folks, what we're talking about here is a a deeply spiritual issue. It really is. If you allow jealousy and envy and and discontent for that matter to linger in your heart, it will absolutely infect everything you're doing to such an extent, I would argue that you can't even be a good Christian. Jesus says there are two great commands, love God, love others, love God, love others. That's what Jesus says. Love is at the core of every single thing we are to do as followers of Jesus Christ. But Paul says, this complicates it for us, love is patient, fine, love is kind, ooh, it does not envy. Meaning, you can't carry around a heart of envy and love others at the same time, mutually exclusive. You can't genuinely love somebody when you're trying to outdo them and compete and compare with them. You can't genuinely love someone when you get angry or triggered when they have something that you don't or they just have some success in life. You can't genuinely love someone. When you see someone fail or have a stroke of bad luck or their perfect life takes a hit and it makes you happy. In other words, you just can't be a sincere follower of Jesus while trying to keep up with the Joneses. So together, let's knock it off. Well, it's practical. What do you do with a message like this? If it's your first time here at this church every single week, we throw this word on the screen because we wanna make sure you can leave on a Sunday and know exactly what to do with what you've heard. So what I wanna do is I wanna give you just a couple of tools to help you combat this instinct that is in us to compete and to compare. So I would say this first, whenever you find yourself starting to circle the drain, shall we say, okay? whenever you find yourself and maybe you're on social media or whatever and you see that person. I know you all got that person. You see that person and it's causing you to feel envy. It's causing you to feel a little jealous. It's causing you to chase after the wind, as Solomon would say. In those moments, I would challenge you to celebrate those you envy. Rather than compete with them, compliment them. Hey, you look great in that dress. Wow, your car's awesome. Gosh, what a beautiful home. Congratulations on the promotion. Hey, you know what? Your idea in that business meeting, that was a good idea. That was a good idea. Find the people who normally trigger you and celebrate them. Chances are, you hear that advice and you're like, doesn't that mean I'm being fake though? No, not at all. You're being honest. Doesn't their dress really look great? Yeah. Okay. Isn't their house really beautiful? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't the idea good? I guess. Okay. Just celebrate what is true rather than trying to outdo. Okay. What you're trying to do is you're trying to reprogram your mind and you're trying to reprogram your heart. As hard as that's going to be, my next practical, it's even harder. But if we really want to change things, we really want to change this city, then you got to break the cycle. If your social circle, whatever that is, your friend group, where your kids go to school, your gym, your work, your neighbor, whatever, your social circle, if it is stuck in this cycle of compete and compare, it's time to do something about it. If you are exhausted with trying to keep up with the Joneses, okay, if you want to wave the white flag and go, I can't do it anymore, I, can't do, I, I, I don't, I don't want to live like this anymore, I don't want my children to to be a part of this anymore. I don't want to feel like I have to post everything on social media to make sure everybody else knows that I'm okay. If you want to see the change, then be the change. And I know that's cliche, but it is so true. Be the brave one. Live differently. Choose to be content. Be bold enough to say, I'm done trying to keep up. I'm I'm not interested. in in proving myself to anybody. I'm not interested in measuring my life by your life. I'm not gonna feel like I gotta post everything. I'm just gonna live my life for me for my family. I'm done. Try to keep up with the Joneses. Now, here's the thing, we're all aware of this problem. We're all aware of this problem. And we know we shouldn't compare. It doesn't make us feel good when we compare. It doesn't make other people feel good when we compare, but we continue to engage in the bad behavior, why? For fear of falling behind. Be different. Be a leader. Be content. Live differently, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you watch how your social circle begins to change. I think, pe- honestly, I think people are waiting for someone to step in and go, enough's enough. We, got, Enough's enough. You do this. You watch how your social circle changes. And with that, I honestly believe Fort Lauderdale will follow. Let me pray for you. Dear Jesus, Lord, this is an issue that we've been struggling with since the beginning of time. Lord, it's almost as like a part of us where we feel this need to look to our left and look to our right to figure out am I okay? And God, I know that this is the type of message where we're here and 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 we're quick to go. I know somebody needs this, Lord. But God, I pray that today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would touch our hearts. You would break down the walls. You would soften the calluses so that we may see ourselves in this. That you would empower us to change and to live differently, Lord. Because this is not how you've called us to live. You have not called us to live like this at all. This is not becoming of us. This is not helping anybody, and it has to stop, God. But the truth is, if we could do it on our own, we would have stopped it. We need your help. We need your power. Challenge us today, Lord. Embolden us to be different. To live differently. And God, we will give you all the glory. We ask this in Jesus' powerful name.